Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's happening here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. Well, good morning to you. Had a great service last night here. Always love coming to the Met. You guys are wonderful. Enjoy being around you. Of course, being around Bill and his family for all these years. We love him so much. And the people in Colorado love your pastor. They love what they call Dr. Bill. When's Dr. Bill come back? How come Dr. Bill hadn't come lately? And when they, about several, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, we gave some intro music to him as he was stepping up on stage. It was from 70s music. He disco danced to Saturday Night Fever coming out on the platform. Me and Anna and Cindy thought he had lost his mind. Our people talk about it 25 years later. They love him. We'd steal him from you if we could. That's how much we love him. And he always comes back in September when the leaves are changing. He likes to go up in the mountains and chase around animals. He never shoots anything, but he comes and chases them around. We don't mind that. But it's a lot of fun. But this last time he came up there a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, coming up here to Colorado this time, a little more expensive than last time. And then he said it again. So I told him, I said, if you don't want to pay $20 for parking and $10 at the door and $8 for a Diet Coke, don't come to my house. (laughs) We're charging post-COVID prices at the Hooper House these days. Well, let me jump right into it. It is a fact of life that women will always ask more questions of their husbands than we have the ability to answer correctly. And I know that it is frustrating to you, but we don't have the answers that you are looking for. For instance, this happened in our home not long ago. My youngest brother's youngest daughter was having a baby. All we knew was that the baby was going to be a boy. So a few months back, I get a text from my brother that said, Brittany had her baby. I go into Anna, I say, honey, I say, I just got a text from my brother that says Brittany had her baby. She said, how much did he weigh? I go, I I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Well, what color was his hair? I I I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Well, what hospital are they in? I, I, I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Well, you don't know anything. What do you know? I know I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. There's a lot of things we don't know in this life, but there are a few things we absolutely know. And the first one is this. You can have a home forever in heaven only by asking Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You can't get there one of many ways. You can only get through through one way, and that is a personal relationship with Christ. You can't throw crystals around your neck, rocks in which God made, think there's some kind of purity in those rocks is gonna launch you into eternity. No, there's only one way that a person can have a home forever in heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ being your Lord and Savior. Heaven is a perfect place for perfectly forgiven people. And that comes by asking Jesus to forgive you your sins and to come into your life 
and to be your Lord and to be your Savior. We know that by the authority of God's Word. We also know that until we get there, God's plan for us is to live the greatest life we could possibly live on this earth. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be filled with joy. He wants us to be more than conquerors with an attitude of bring it. He wants us to do life in a way that our marriages are great and, and we're dealing with things and we're prospering and we're happy and we're filled with joy and we're experiencing his peace. Yes, that is the kind of life that he wants us to live. And in the same type of chapter that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, that you might have a full and satisfying life. He also said in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you will be damaged. In this life, dear born again, Sunday morning going, worshiping, singing to the Lord, serving him, reading your Bible, Christian, you're going to get hurt. And you're going to get hurt over and over again. We all are going to experience what I call scars now, scars that take place on the outside, most of us have them, whether they're scrapes from our childhood playtime on a playground that went unsutured, or whether they are deep wounds from the scalpel of a surgeon as we get older. Every person is going to experience some kind of scar in their life. Now, it's the outside scars that people are careful with. They see them, you show them, they don't touch them, they're careful, they're gentle. And they heal quickly, most of them, most of the time, but it's the inside scars that people can't see that every one of us have wounds of betrayal, words harshly spoken. Somebody said something to a feminine soul that God created maybe when you, sister, were in high school. Words that should have never been spoken over your heart. And it harmed you. Someone said they'd be with you forever, some promise made promises to you that were broken. Grief from the loss of a loved one. Everyone in the room has scars on the inside. It was Baby Dedication Sunday just a few weeks ago. I was walking through the lobby. My son, who is now our lead pastor, was speaking. We were 35 minutes into the service, and I had done my part already with the baby dedication. And uh, we had a lot of visitors there that day because of that. And as I was walking through the lobby, and everybody was kind of inside the service, there was two young ladies in their 20s that were sitting over by the coffee shop area by themselves. Now, when they saw me coming, they gave me body language that said, don't talk to us. They actually, this is funny, they were actually sitting there in the coffee shop area. They looked at me, I made eye contact with them, and they went home. <laughs> and to me, when somebody doesn't want me to come and talk to them, I look at that as a personal challenge. <laughs> I went over there to engage them in a conversation. I said, hey, how y'all doing? So glad y'all are here. And one of them went, thank you. And the other one never made eye contact, never said a word. And as I'm speaking to them, I said, man, have you guys, uh, you guys been here before? And one of them goes, one time. And the other one goes, no. And then something struck me and I said, have you two ever been in a church before? And the one girl that would not even look at me said, no, this is my first time. And I said, Wow. And I said, how about you? And the other one said, once when I was a little girl. But it was a weird experience, and I never went back. I said, huh, huh. And I tried to make small talk with them. Hey, who you with? What baby? This, that, and the other, and just very, very little. And then I finally said, I've got a 23-year-old granddaughter. I love her. She's sweet and sarcastic, and we have a lot of fun together. I just love her to death. But she has never yet figured it out. And I said, uh, you two figured it out, right? 
And then both of them go, um, figure what out? And I said that most guys your age are selfish and stupid. Oh, now that got their attention. They immediately turned in their chairs like, hey, talk to us more about that. We are interested in that. Because what they were saying was, yeah, we've been wounded. We've had people say things they shouldn't have said. We've had promises broken. We've been betrayed. That's, that's a connection point. Then I turned to the one who said church was weird when she was young. And I said, you know, nothing weird is going to happen here. I said, you guys keep coming. You're going to find out that we're a people that just love God. We're trying to love them more. We want our marriages to be better, our workplaces to be better. We want to be able to handle difficulties so they come our way better. And every person in here, mm, eh, not too weird, but broken, hurt, devastated, wounded, and scarred. And if you keep coming, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can get help for some of yours too. Bath a few weeks ago, I hadn't seen him since. I don't know what will come from it. But what I do know is that there's not a place that we can go, places you can work, where you're not going to run into people that have been damaged and hurt. It's just part of life. Matter of fact, the psalmist puts it this way in Psalms 34 behind me. The psalmist says, and let me break it down for you as I read it, many, which means more than a few, are the afflictions. The word afflictions means sufferings, hardships, and trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You go, well, who's going to experience that? The word righteous means those who are in right standing with God. How can you do that? By accepting his son as your Lord and Savior. So in other words, for every person who is saved, you will experience many afflictions, the Bible says. But then here's the rescue story. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Do you know what that little word all means? All. He doesn't leave any on the table. He doesn't leave any for chance from the past. If you just keep going, the Lord promised whatever hurt that you have, I'm going to be your rescuer. I'm going to deliver you from that pain, that hurt, that betrayal, that grieving season that you had. All you got to do is just keep going. Now, that's why pain avoidance cannot be our goal in life. We can't live our life saying, I'm going to protect my heart. And this is something that women do a lot, and I see it in our church. We have single women in our church that were hurt maybe from a junior in high school. Their first marriage was wrecked because of that pain from some high school kid, and now they're starting their life over in their 30s as a single mom. And now what they've done is they put a wall up. And that's what women do when they've been hurt. Absolutely. You don't want to feel that kind of pain again, so what do you do? You stiff arm anybody that wants to get close to you. And what are you saying? You're not saying I'm a bad person or you're a bad person. I don't know. I just don't want to know because I don't ever want to feel the kind of pain that I have felt before. Women close themselves off completely when they are hurt or they are damaged. Men do the same thing, ladies, except for where they may not disconnect from you physically, they will disconnect from you mentally and emotionally. You can't see it, but you can certainly feel it. That's why we can't waste any of this great life that God wants us to live by not healing properly and quickly when we can from pain or damages or hurts or scars that we received in the past. Scars are funny. They start out as an open wound, then they turn into a scar, and then they turn into a story, right? So you show somebody a scar, how'd you get that? Well, dog bite, 
How'd you get that? It was a wreck. How'd you get that? Well, I had a, you know, I had, fell off a bicycle. So a story is always associated with a physical scar, right? As a matter of fact, Jesus on two occasions showed his scars to his disciples that went along with a story. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about those scars. So if we heal properly and we heal quickly from whatever damage that you've received on the inside or on the outside, that scar, that wound will turn into a scar that will eventually, if you're smart, turn into a story that you can share and use for the kingdom that I am a survivor of something that happened to me and you can too. Now, since we're going to be wounded, since we're going to be hurt, since sometimes we're going to be... Um, we're going to want to put up walls or we're going to want to stiff arm people that want to get close to us because we don't want to feel that kind of pain again. The best thing we can do is move on from that open wound, that, that fresh wound, as quickly as we possibly can. The way that a wound turns into a scar, which turns into a story, is to put as much time and distance between when it happened to where you want to be today. So here's a few steps, and I'm not going to be here long, but here are a few steps I'm gonna call them word steps. Give you words that kind of mean steps for you to be able to move on from that original fresh wound. And the first one is the step of illumination. Another word for that is revelation knowledge. When I say illumination, I'm talking about you get answers. The light comes on where you finally can figure out why is this happening to me and why did it happen? Matter of fact, Paul puts it this way in Ephesians chapter one behind me. He said, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand. Now that's important. If his prayer was that your heart would be flooded with light, that means there's things we go through in this life where our heart is dark and unable to see and understand what is happening. So Paul's prayer, I pray the light switch would come on so that you would know things that you didn't know before, but had been present in your life all along. That's what is called revelation, revelation knowledge. Because when you are here, hurt, me too, here's the questions we wanna ask God. God, why did this happen to me? Why? Now, most of the time, God does not tell you why it happened. So then we go to the second question. Well then, what do you want me to learn from this happening to me? What can I learn to make sure that this doesn't happen again? What do you want me to learn that I might get on a different path, change something that's in my life? What do you want me to learn? And finally, if you don't get an answer to those two things and you've been hurt deep enough, here's what you, here's what you resort your prayers to. Am I going to survive this? The pain and the hurt that I received, does that mean my dreams from when I was a little girl are now off the table? Am I going to survive this? Will there ever be a time that I feel good again? I feel alive again? Will there ever be a time when I'm laughing again? My personality has changed. I'm not even the person God made me to be because of the hurt in my life. Am I going to survive this? A revelation knowledge or illumination in the verse that I'm talking about is one where when you hear something, you're not just hearing it, but you're receiving it into your soul. Listen, those of you who have grown kids, have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that you, you can have two people that hear and experience the same thing? And one is like, whoo, that is life-changing. And the other one is like, doesn't get it at all. Doesn't change them a bit. One received revelation knowledge. See, you can hear something, you can quote it, 
You can even know where to find it in the Bible. But unless you have it, it's not about you having it. It is about it having you. And when that happens, things, that is what I'm talking about, where a light switch comes on and everything changes. You've been around a lot of Christians your whole life. Every once in a while, you'll hear a message being spoken or a pastor praying with somebody or, 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 or maybe even a blessing that's talked about over your life where a pastor says, your marriage is going to be blessed. Things are going to be wonderful. We're praying the guy's going to do this in the powerful name of Jesus. Your job is going to come together. Finances are coming back. Your kids are going to be strong and healthy. And it's in Jesus' name. And, and if you'll hear Christians go, I receive that. In other words, listen, I'm not just hearing what you're saying. I'm taking what you're saying in to my very soul to change me. Because until, until we realize that there is backup and resources available to you when it comes to the hurt and pain that you receive, nothing will happen if the light doesn't come on. Perfect example is this, 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha and his servant. The Bible says that they had ticked off the king of Aram. He was sending soldiers after him to capture him. And when those soldiers arrived in Dothan the next day, the servant went outside and saw them and went, oh no, it's terrible, we're in trouble. And I said, no, we're not. Oh, we got more with us than they got with them. We got backup. And then he prayed and he asked God, open his eyes that he might see. Elisha's servant's eyes were open. He looked, saw an army of God's angels and fiery chariots surrounding Elijah that was more than what they had on their side. And there's the point that I'm trying to make. They were there all along. One saw them and one did not until the light came on, until God opened their eyes. There are many things that you and I are gonna go through in this life, but the thing, reason why you cannot give up and I can't either is because we have resources and backup that we need to open our eyes to and realize God's got this, we're fine, we're coming out of this. How much more confident would we be if we just experienced this illumination step? It's an important step. Here's the next one, communication. Man, if you're gonna put time and distance between your original herd and where you are today, you're gonna to have to pick up communication with your heavenly father like you've never talked to him before. It's interesting how when some people get hurt, they turn against God. They stop going to church, stop praying. Hey, he didn't protect me, he didn't take care of me. And others get on their knees and they pour into him. They communicate with the CEO of their life. They talk to him on a whole nother level. They're not just throwing out flippant or random prayers. Now they're praying with purpose. They're praying with strategy. They're smart bomb praying. They take setting a target. They're going after that target. They're talking to God about everything and about anything. And they're asking God to do something because there's nothing that they can do. And many times we get stuck in a situation. Many times something doesn't change because God is using it to educate us so we might realize that we cannot do certain things independent of his involvement. And many times we want to talk about our vision boards and our strategy boards and our planning boards and our accountability system. And God is saying, oh, you forgot. It's not going to be my might. It's not going to be by power. It's going to be by my capital S spirit, says the Lord. And that's when you take your communication level with him deeper, more important. 530 meeting, God, me and you, I'm talking to you on a whole nother level. The next step is simply this one, and I love it. When you communicate with God, all of a sudden downloads are going to come your way. The next step is that of elimination. If I'm going to change some things, then I'm going to have to change some things. 
In order to change some things, you're going you're to have to change some things. In order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things. In order to change some things, you're, you're going to have to change some things. So let me say it a little differently to you guys. In order to change some things, you're going to have to change some things. And what I'm trying to tell you is when you've been hurt bad enough and you want things to be different in your life, some things have got to go. You got, that person may have been great for a period of time, but they got all weird. And now all of a sudden they're affecting you in a negative way when they used to be a lot of fun. The Bible says it this way, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And you know what I found out? I found out the bad company doesn't always come with who you're having coffee with in the morning. I found out that bad company can come right in through my television set. Bad company can come right in through a news network. Bad company can come right in through a feed in my social network setting on my laptop. Have you noticed how many evil flat out evil commercials and evil movies come into your home, your living room, through your television set the month of October. You can be watching a golf game and here comes an evil movie and images that you would not want your children to see. Have you seen that? If you're gonna have the kind of life that God wants you to have, there are gonna to have to be some things you're gonna to have to eliminate out of your life. Now I don't know about you, but 2020 was a rough year for me. I've always been a Zig Ziglar, very positive, let's get it done, bring it on kind of a guy. I've always felt like the things could be better, we're gonna make them better, we got a strategy, a plan, here we go. I never would allow myself to be around cynical people, faithless people, I just don't do that, that's not the crowd that I run with. But in 2020, listening to so many different news broadcasts, I became very angry, I became very negative, I complained about our government, I complained about leaders, in 2020, I wasn't very friendly. And in 2020, I watched my personality start to go south. And my personality is not that great anyway. <laughs> and then I had to make some decisions. I cut my news watching down to about 5% of what I was watching. I cut social media down to looking at it about 5% of the time. Not saying that we should be ill-informed or uninformed. I'm saying that it was not doing anything good for me. It was kind of like just making me angry, messing up my day and made people not want to be around me. It's kind of like when you're complaining about the stuff you can't do anything about. It's like the manager that walks out on the baseball field in an MLB game and he kicks dirt on the umpire and kicks dirt on the plate. Have you ever seen an umpire change the call because a manager kicked dirt on him? That's all I did in 2020, I just kicked dirt on everybody. Didn't change nothing but me until one day I said, I'm done with that. And I went back to just living the life God wanted me to live, happy, focused, no longer sidetracked. There's some things that you and I have to eliminate if we're gonna live the kind of life that God wants us to, and we gotta do it on a regular basis because we fall into those traps. And here's the last one, I love it, determination. <laughs> they all kind of one step after the other. Galatians 6, 9 says this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Why do you say that? Because we do get tired. We do, and when we're exhausted, that's when we get hit the worst. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, and the truth is only God knows when that's gonna be in your life. You don't get to know. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing, not a basket, not a cup, a harvest of blessing. If we don't, everybody, if we don't what? Give up. 
that the key to this saying, getting better, being healed, moving forward, experiencing what God wants you to experience, is simply found in keep going. Keep going. Just do what God wants you to do. Live the kind of life God wants you to live. Take the hurt, take the hit, pull down the walls, and continue to move forward. We all get hurt in this life. We all do. How many of y'all, now be honest, come on, just let's, let's talk to each other for a second like we're sitting in the living room somewhere. How many of y'all have ever been broke up with in a relationship growing up? How many of y'all have ever in your whole life been broke up with? Raise your hand. Come on, come on, tell the truth. I'm looking at some of you and I can tell by looking at you, you've been broke up with. Don't, don't you lie. Okay, hold up how many fingers represent how many times you've been broke up with. Come on, come on, hold them up. Let's see them, two, 10, woo! We got 10 right there, man, I don't know. How about over here? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. How many times, and you can hold up fingers, looking at me, do you think I've been broke up with in life? Go ahead. <laughs> how, many, how many? Five, seriously? Come on. 10, ready? Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times. You see, pastors get broken up with all the time. We have relationships with people. We pray with them. We love them. We pray over the babies, their families, their marriages. We counsel with them. Everything's good. Everything's good. And then, boom, we get broke up with, and we don't even get a text. We never get told why. Just broken up with. And when you pour your heart into anybody in a relationship, that's painful when that happens, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I've learned when it comes to deep hurt and deep pain that happens in our life. Two things. First, dear sweet feminine soul sisters, with all the girls in here, just kind of go, here I am, here I am, I'm your sister. Hold your hand out, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. God created your soul to be so sweet and so tender and so special and to add so much to people's lives. But in the damage you have received, your first act of defense is to stiff arm. And like I tell the single women in our church, if you are stiff arming people that are trying to meet you, men can see that from a mile away. And that demeanor, even though you may be a wonderful, precious person, will just keep the Tim Tebow's of life away from you. So let down the wall. I don't want to get hurt again. You're, you're going to get hurt again. I don't want to feel that kind of pain again. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're going to feel that kind of pain again. And God's going to rescue you again and again until finally that dream of yours manifests right in front of you. But you will miss it if you keep that wall up. Here's what I've learned. Your destiny will never be tied to anyone who has walked out of your life. Your destiny is not tied to anyone who has walked out of your life. Oh, things would be better if they were just back. No, if they can leave, let them leave and move on. And here's the last thing I want to give you. And I learned this after great deal of pain. 
And it's a good one. If you're not dead, God's not done. No matter what you've been through, no matter what your age or your stage in life, no matter how bad you've hurt, if you think it's all over, you're not seeing your back up. If you think things can't be different, you don't understand your resource giver. If you think things can't be better, you don't understand that you have the way maker that is tied to you and loves you more than you've ever been loved. If you looked in the mirror this morning and you saw a reflection looking back, <laughs> that means you're not dead. And if you're not dead, your God is not done. I speak this over you in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your dreams are gonna come true. If your heart has been broken, the walls are coming down. If you've been skittish, if you've been protected, if you have said, I'm gonna just not enjoy life anymore, if you think your life is over, your life is coming back to life. You're gonna experience joy. You're gonna experience happiness. You're gonna experience a future that is amazing. And yes, you will experience more pain. And yes, your heavenly Father will come and rescue you and set you back up and put you on a great path of joy and happiness again and again and again. Do you receive that? Because if God's not dead, <laughs> if you're not dead, your God is not done. Love y'all. Go have a good lunch. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us by visiting metchurch.com so that we can follow up with you this week. We look forward to seeing you next week.